Yo, what's going on, guys? Danny here. Derek's standing next to me. What's going on, guys? So, uh, yeah, so we appreciate everybody who listened to episode one. We got like uh, almost 200 views in the first week. Uh, that's that's pretty crazy. I mean, I've I've been in the podcast game for a little bit, and normally you get like 10 views, 15 views. You know, that's just right. that's just how it goes. You, you know, you start out slow as a podcast, but so. Um, People are listening and, and we appreciate that. We also received a lot of feedback, a lot of positive feedback. We received some negative feedback and we appreciate that stuff too. You know, um, one of the key things I wanted to talk about was uh, the title of our show is Point Blank Truth. And there were some people who said, hey, that's probably not the right name. Well, I want you guys to understand what our intent here. I mean, you know, we did one episode, obviously our views are slanted, but uh we plan on having people that don't agree with our views on what's going on here in Temecula. And that's where the, the title came in is it's the truth because we're going to have one side and then the other side and then one side and then the other side. And we're looking at doing episodes like that where we bounce back and forth. But this episode was we couldn't pass up the opportunity. Uh, we had uh, Dr. Joseph Komorowski, the Temecula Valley Unified School District board president on to kind of discuss uh, the recent board meeting and uh, and what happened and what went down. And we had a super laid back conversation and it was interesting. I mean, it was the first time you met him, Derek. What do you think? Yeah, it was really good. I mean, I've had some people listen to it and he's just a really likable guy. And like, like I said, we're coming from a position where like, I've never talked to Kamrowski, so I don't know his personality. Maybe I would have disagreed on some of his views. I had no idea, but I was open to the conversation. I mean, I kind of had a sense that he was on our side, obviously, but um, <laughs> no, I mean, he really talked about some of his stories, some of his past and, uh, you know, just kind of got to know him better and how he thinks things can move forward in a positive way. And I, I agree with his idea of building rapport with not only people that are on our side, but other people that live in the community that might not agree with us. But as long as they're respectful and it doesn't get insulting or you never like um, go after someone's character, then we're all about it. Like, I think we've kind of proved that we're pretty open. We talk to everybody from a from a position of curiosity and wanting to know, um, you know, what their truth is, I guess, per se. We kind of have our truth and the, the way we think about things and we have our reasons why. But we also need to know and are, I'm curious about why they think a certain way and what makes them tick. Yeah. So enjoy, guys. This is uh, Dr. K's episode. And uh, next week. We will have someone else who uh, doesn't stand on the same side of this argument as us. But uh, I thought this was a great episode. Enjoy it. We'll talk Enjoy. to you soon. Hey, what's going on, guys? Danny here with Derek. We got a special guest in the house tonight. What an incredible board meeting that was. It was really <laughs> hectic, super wild. It went all the way to like 1.30 in the morning. And uh, I figured I'd have a special guest here with us tonight to kind of talk about it a bit and unpack it uh dr joseph Komorowski sitting across from us what's up dr k how you doing hi, um hi danny and, and derek thanks for bringing me on thank um, you good yeah and i just want to say I, I speak personally here and not on behalf of the entire board Copy. oh got it yep. got it yeah no i appreciate you coming on and um yeah i just i thought it was really interesting what happened i think it was a huge win for parents um a lot of people aren't happy you know, and, and I was really blown away by the conduct of some of the people at the board, you know, and I mean, I wasn't surprised, but 
man, they, they really came after you guys. It seemed like, how do you handle things like that? You know, like what, mm. what's your, what's your, what's your thought process when that stuff's going on? I'm always in prayer, you know, and I, and I understand that uh, we're trying to have a level of civility in the room. I want people to, you know, you know, speak their mind. Uh, they have the first amendment, right. And all that, but you know, both sides, I don't want name calling things like that because it could lead to, you know, heated discussion and possible violence. But I mean, <clears throat> it's difficult because people don't listen. So I'm sitting there with a gavel, like, what do I do here? <laughs> I start slamming the gavel to start, you know, um, you know, giving people warnings. Sometimes it's better just to let people get it off their chest, let it simmer down. But sometimes you have to, you have to vacate the room. People get really out of control. Last meeting actually wasn't bad. Yeah. I've had way worse meetings. Um, <laughs> but the there, theater one, the theater one oh was pretty crazy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. they, 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 um, I'll just tell you, a lot of people want to take it to the theater. But when they do that, um, the, the people that hate us, the majority of the board, they take over the theater. That's why I don't go to the theater because yeah. i got to control the room. So if, if, if um, you know, if, if somebody else on the board wants to take it to the theater, I'll be like, no problem. You could do that when you're president and you're running the meeting. Right. Easier said than done. But one i think one kid said the f word and people were like why didn't you kick him out and it was one of the things that slipped by me i'm like well he he wasn't directing f at me but i'm like oh it was on that um um the objectives and it said no profanity I'm like, yeah. there you go so every once in a while something will slip yeah somebody uh, flipped off danny i didn't see it yeah right and i was so like well you know it happens after the fact yeah, and and i mean board meetings ago somebody called danny a coconut i didn't even hear it i, I heard a lot of spanish and then it was so quick right yeah that i found out after <laughs> the meeting so i mean it's it's you got to be quick yeah yeah, yeah. but um you well, know it actually shows that you're actually being a bit more fair because y if you, know you don't see it, you're just not taking people's word for it and being biased if you don't see it you don't see it if totally. you didn't hear it you didn't hear it no totally you know so and even sometimes our side is like profanity it's like listen <laughs> for all adults we got sometimes yeah. it's not going to catch everything let's right. just get past to the actual message of the night like what we're really here to talk about totally i kind of remember that f word being dropped and, and i thought it was really interesting because it seems like your opposition loves to talk about how we bring in outside influencers right yeah, we bring agitators. in outside agitators <laughs> but the person who dropped the f-bomb was that love bailey person that showed up that like six foot five yep. person and and so they complain about outside agitators and then love bailey gets invited who doesn't live here right as far <laughs> as i'm concerned right and then she immediately drops an f-bomb and I, I don't know i just i and then and then she gets a standing ovation. I just don't understand. It, it, what infuriates me is the the hypocrisy that exists yeah. that seems to not even be visible by your opposition. Yeah, you know. No, I get it. It's like Alice in Wonderland and, uh, sometimes in there. But I'm, I'm diplomatic to both sides. I, I, I remember one time I red carded Tim Thompson, and I think it was Christine Moss. And she was like, "Thank you." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, hey man. If somebody wants to do... Okay, so let's talk about hate speech because that's one of the things I, I have kicked people out. Yeah. Um, this is... It, it, it's um, it's interesting because... Just um, make sure you're talking in the mic. Oh, right yeah. Our right, legal sorry. counsel gave us um, a definition from the United Nations and I had one patriot after the meeting. He's like, dude, you know, you swore in to protect and serve the Constitution, blah, blah, blah. This is United Nations. I'm like, oh, my gosh, man. It's just a definition to get it off the ground. Right. Yeah. We could think of like 20 or 30. 
But the um, the thing is, is yeah, I um, we do we do respect the First Amendment, but that um, so let, let's say a conventional First Amendment. You can you can say anything you want to somebody. You can cuss at them on the street. The second mm-hmm. you come into the district office, though, it's different because if you say homophobe, groomer, pedophile, um, uh, white supremacist, or whatever, you could elicit violence with that, and right. that's that's the kind of hate speech at Target, and you're out, and I'm justified in doing it. So I think a lot of the general public that might be confused, yeah, you could say whatever you want, but when you go into a meeting like that with a governing board and you could say something that could elicit violence, for example, when the kid flipped off Danny, yeah. that was hate speech. Right. That could, he could be kicked out, but he actually escorted himself uh, out. Yeah, he got up and got, yeah. Yeah, so I have yeah. lawyers defending me on this, and that's just, but, you know, like, how far do I take it? I don't know. Day by day, meeting by meeting. Right. I, I mean, when people want to press the limits, and they will. They want to take me to the very edge of the line. I'm like, listen, yeah. don't be an idiot. Yeah, I just, I mean, man, I think that there's so much to unpack that happened. Like, first of all, this is one thing that really frustrates me, right? Is I brought up the fact that, uh, you know, there was uh, there was discussion of the parents doing the um, the tailgate event. In the parking lot, and it was more of like a rally point, you know, like for all of us. We're excited. We're, you yeah. know, parents' rights is on the docket. We know it's coming down the pipe. We've all been following the Chino thing, the Marietta thing. And then for somebody who doesn't even live in our community that always comes to our board meetings, that's part of your opposition, yeah. to repost that and call out to Antifa to do that, it's like, these are the things that cause you as the board to escalate the security. Right. We met a guy outside that gentleman we were talking to and he was saying that, Oh, this, these board members keep wasting money. You know how much money they spent to have all these sheriffs here and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, but you guys are doing that in reaction to decisions that your opposition is making. Totally. They're, they're, they're lighting the house on fire and then telling the community that the firefighters are wasting water by putting it out. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's gaslighting one-on-one here. Here's another interesting observation. So when we are at the, uh, what the, uh, a tactic might be to get us at the theater to raise security level. But when you get, when you get us at the theater, you get more activism because you can get a lot of students and, they, and a lot of them come out of Temecula high school, bless their hearts. But I mean, the mm-hmm. first night we swore in, we had uh, flyers everywhere calling us racist bigots. It was all orchestrated. Wow. So if they can have it at the high school, they can have more activism right there in the theater, and mm-hmm. they can hide. I cannot monitor a theater. It's, it's, yeah. like, it's like so big. Just come a little closer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then the funny thing was is at the theater, we had over 20 deputy sheriffs, um, you know, wands for security. We had two drones out there. I mean, it was out of control. Yeah, so yeah. It's like, hey, man, can we just have a normal meeting? Yeah. And so, like you said, so when, when people make threats of Antifa, it makes me wonder why are they doing it. Right. They, they don't show, but maybe they're trying to elevate. We'll right, yeah. right. But, yeah, but that's, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. That's Sorry, my Derek. thought, too. It's like, because a couple times there's been the threats of Antifa, and then they don't show up. So then I'm like, hmm, what are they doing? Do they not want our side to show up because yeah. there's threats of Antifa? Or, but the, uh, uh, it was funny you were saying that the theater house all orchestrated. Oh, yeah. Because in that theater, I remember uh, it was during the fireman, I think, of Jody, the superintendent. Yeah. And, you know, everyone, all of a sudden, everybody loves Jody, all these high school kids. You mm-hmm. probably didn't even knew, know her name before that happened, right? right? So this girl's clapping, like, Jody, and she's sitting behind me. So I'm just listening. But the funniest part is she sits down, she goes, looks to her friend, she goes, Who's Jody? <laughs> <laughs> but she was so passionate with the yeah. sign, so like they all get extra credit. Well, and some kids are used as pawns as well. 
Well, exactly. Yeah. To get extra credit yeah. to come to the to the theater and like <laughs> I think even the walkouts. I mean, even if I was in high school and there's some protest walkout, I wouldn't have to know anything about it. If I'd have to go yeah. to class, I'd go. Yeah, I but might just want to hang out and see what, yeah. <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> and that's I, what a lot of the kids are doing. Yeah. I, I just, but you know, in regards to like what's going on in our community, yeah. I just, to me, Doctor K, I'm really against the whole divisiveness. You know, and it seems like they love to paint you, the three board members, as the problem yeah. and and the divisive ones. And that's cr- I didn't even know until you just told me that. When you were being sworn in, they were already coming after you, oh, all was, hateful yeah. and oh, stuff yeah. like that. It was it was rigged against us on the first night. It might have had something to do with, though with us banning CRT on the first night. It might have. Yeah. But, but I will tell you though, even before we swore in, the the union was allowing teachers to stuff teachers' mailboxes with incumbent literature supporting the candidates that we were running against. That's completely illegal. Oh, we already wow. knew that going in. We were like, thank you. Okay, wh- what a warm welcome. We're sworn in. We know you guys da- uh, stuck the dock against us. Yeah. And Jody, the previous superintendent, she was in on that. Wow. She was allowing it. And she said, you know, it's illegal. Blah, blah, blah. Well, then why didn't you stop it? So yeah. we knew that going in. Yeah. 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 So, and. And another thing that that was talked about a little bit at the board that I found interesting is where you guys talked about um, the process of bringing in new school board members and how you feel like the ball was kind of dropped there. And by no means do look, it's very clear. I think our community sees how divided the, the board is. And by no means am I I don't think you should throw anybody under the bus. And I'm not trying to do that. But. I think that that's an important part is like you are, you're setting up your, your peer for failure. If they're new to the process and they don't, don't know what's going on. You guys feel like, you know, you were never really given, you know, like a fair shake to come in and, and, and make the right decisions off the bat or make the right, or see how things are. Yeah. Like how, how did that play out? Are you willing to talk about that? Yeah, a little bit like the previous superintendent, she was actually pretty nice. She called me, even though the, the votes weren't official, like they weren't completely done. She knew I had won and, and she was trying to give me a heads up. Like, Hey, I'd like to meet you for lunch and get your, you know, your, your goals and visions for the future, blah, blah, blah. And, she was pretty helpful, but the, I was kind of territorial and a little standoffish because I was like, why would I meet you alone? I didn't, yeah. I don't know why I did. I didn't. And I was like, I don't really want to go out to lunch in a, in a, in a place outside of the district. I'd rather go to the district office with, with, you know, with yeah, people there. Like, like, yeah, yeah. Right. And so I, um, I kind of, I kind of blew that off, but then, you know, you know, when it, when we were onboarded, she, you know, she might've been able, well, I did reach out to you now she's right. So I'm going to be fair. It's just that you're not in the system yet. You haven't sworn in. So you don't know, is this like a setup or not? And yeah. that's, that's, yeah. So you were, so you were a little hesitant yeah. of that to begin with. Plus yeah. we went to a conference that was mostly conservative, um, uh, Pacific research Institute. And right across the street was CSBA, which which is um, California State um, Board um, Association. So it, it's huge. A lot of uh, board members go there for training. Well, Allison and Steve were there, and they were um, they were um, hanging out at the same hotel where me, Danny, and Jen were doing our PRI <laughs> training. So yeah. it was like we don't know these people, but we know that their friends were against us. It was it was weird from the very beginning, even before we sworn in. But yeah. You know, we we didn't know like like what's the norm, mm-hmm. and that's understandable. Yeah. Now we do, and they're like, hey, even if I had a even if I had a member that didn't share the same values with me that was sworn on, 
um, I would still help them. Hey, right. hey, here, here's something that you should really understand the governing handbook. Here's something else. Here's something else. That's if they completely hated me, I would still help them. Yeah, yeah. There was nothing like that when we were onboarded. It was completely, you know, you swear on the first night, um, kind of on your own. And then, by the way, um, so so now you're president. Good luck with the meeting. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It was, if you guys haven't seen the first night, it was completely insane. No, I think I, I remember. I no, actually, I, I, I was it. there in the theater that first night. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah it was nuts. Yeah, it yeah, was. yeah. I wasn't there for that. And you know what? It, it reminded me at last board meeting that we just got out of the guy. You remember him at the podium? He stood off to the side and he had his hand in his pocket. And this is my yeah. Ranger 101. I'm like, excuse me, please take your hand out oh, of your pocket. Yeah, yeah. We have no idea because he was standing to the side. So next board meeting, and I adapt. Every board meeting, there's something new. I'm going to say, please don't stand off to the side of the podium. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. you don't know. Right. And he had sunglasses, but you yeah. know. It's interesting because when I go out and I and I talk to people, I talk to parents, it seems like most of the people don't really know what's going on. Yeah. And I'm really just trying to get more parents involved, more parental engagement. Like, hey, this is what's going on at the board. Come out and see for yourself. I never try to pitch them yeah. my my opinion or my views or where I stand on things. Just come out and see for yourself. And when I do, when I when I went and started doing that online, oh my goodness, people are involved. The well, the the amount of pushback and hate that I received, oh. <laughs> crazy. I, I I like I like couldn't. I was like I was like blown away. Yeah. It's like so because we share different views. You think you can just attack me verbally, yeah. you know, yeah. it, like m my wife was dropping off our daughter the other day and she doesn't she doesn't know who it was, but she was wearing the employee lanyard, yeah. you know, and my wife goes and pulls the U-turn around and the lady's like glaring at her because we have the sticker on the side of yeah. our car and the lady flips her off in morning drop off. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> and it's like. Dude, you're an employee at the school that yeah. a student's getting dropped off at, and yeah. you think that it's appropriate because a parent is on a side that you don't agree with, that you can just do that. Well, check this out. You just reminded me, uh, first couple months in, I'm checking emails. There's a student. I don't know what school he's from. He's like, go F yourself in the title of the email. And it's a student. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, uh, admin, can you please take care of this and discipline the student? They feel super um, comfortable trying to dox annihilate and just uh, massacre somebody in public i mean yeah. like my wife had uh, the magnet on the car when we were campaigning some lady she doesn't even know drives by her and like cusses at her and flips her off mm -hmm. but it's, when you get a student doing it yeah you know there's activism coming from the teachers because they're empowering them uh -huh. you know on the campuses but yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's really weird when i see stuff going on because like part of me is everybody i talk to in person at the gym the grocery store they're all on our side even like sometimes I run into the people like at that theater one when I was walking yeah. outside, the people waiting in line to come in. And of course, I'm wearing my shirt. They're like, oh, we've got something to say. But I'll stop and be like, you want to talk about what's going on? They'll start saying, Jody was fired. I go, hey, <laughs> I go, I go, California is an at will state. Yeah. That it is what it is. Plenty of people got fired for not getting the shot. I didn't hear you saying nothing about that or nothing. Interesting. It, you know what? It, it happens. Yeah. But as you talk to them more and more, every conversation I had, it, they always end up kind of like, yeah, teachers shouldn't be talking to kids about sex. Like, in my face, I go, I know, that's what I'm telling you, that's what I'm saying to you. And they're like, yeah. they get like, so I think with like online, and even an example of last yeah. night, um, how it was so packed, right? Because the email goes out, all right, we're handing out, we're handing out uh, tickets again at four. And then somebody gets her at four, and you're like number 80. 
Yeah. Right? And you're going like, oh, and they did that at the theater that one time too. And it's always when school, the teachers have the availability to get out early at 2.45. They come over. Right across the street. Yeah, because the meeting before this last one, out of the 37 speakers, 30 of them were from like our side. Like, yeah, wh- it was what do you, us speaking. What do you think about that with that whole, the whole numbers thing? Because it was... It was clearly one-sided very early on, but then all those people spoke and then left. By the time you guys were voting, I'll more than you, half I'll, the room I'll, was cleared I'll, I'll tell you my perspective. I think Jason Vickery is on top of it, and I think he's I think he's a good guy, and I think he really tries to be fair, as fair as possible. I'll tell you this. Um, it might have been Jenny Sharp. She was yelling on him for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. and people on the that. other side were yelling at him, and that's how you can tell he they had nothing to do with any of this. Basically, he told me that people were there as early as, I think, 2.30. A lot of them. They weren't expecting that at all. And then for him to say, okay, everybody now get in line, he said it would have been a security issue because you had so many in the parking lot, so many people, that if they would have rushed to get to the line, there would have been fights or whatever. Yeah. So I instantly thought, okay, well, we'll just randomize comments. If anybody stacked the deck and they got there and there was some sort of conspiracy, teachers and whatever in on it, that could all be settled by randomizing. Yeah. Yeah. Like who got there first. And, and, and I so get, on the dais, I thought, well, we don't even have to do that because we have enough comments at a minute and a half, two minutes a piece to get them about about an hour. I thought, OK. But part of that is them parking at Temecula um, Valley High School. But we every meeting we're getting a little bit better and better. I just don't think he anticipated so many people showing up early, real early. We're not even talking four, man. Two thirty, two forty-five. Right. Well, so yeah. that's a, a it's an anomaly. I, I I showed up. We showed up like at four thirty-six, and and we got one thirty-four. And on the paper it said that they were handing out tickets at four thirty, and it, you know it was just it was just interesting. And either way, I mean I got to speak, you know, but you know. It is what it is. I'm I'm just saying that, like, I think that if the time is stated for everybody, they should stick to that time to be fair and impartial, you know. But I will say this. One thing that I saw, I was speaking to somebody uh, on the other side of the argument and um, his people came over. They were like, oh, what ticket are you? And he's like, oh, 120 or something like that. And they were like, oh, no, here you go. Now you're 16. So I think that they they send people to just get numbers, yeah. and then they give each yeah. other earlier numbers. The Ticketmaster scheme, yeah, and, you know, know, and um, yeah, but I you mean, know, it, you know, that stuff's gonna happen. But I was kind of yeah. saying my point of all that was like even online and even like yeah. the people. They astroturf it to make it look like they have a lot of people on their side. Yeah. So the, the board just looks like they have a lot of people cheering only because they got there early and they all got the first people to come in there and get seats. When it re- Even online, if you notice on online, you could always tell even their own social stuff, they have like seven likes. Yeah. On their own thing of like you know what I mean, or they or if you if you read something on Temecula Talk or like a group thing or it's yeah. a lot of people, you, if you go through the ch- uh, the comments, a lot of people don't want to comment because they don't want to get doxxed on our yeah, side typically, right? Interesting. Yeah, but that, a lot that, of people will like. You look at the likes of the comments of people that like say I yeah. speak up. So if I have forty likes, so when you look at the people's profiles, you are talking trash, being mean, f you. It's like zero post, one yeah. pic. They're fake. Yeah, yeah. They're fake, but yeah. like, it's almost an epidemic of laziness with people that they won't even take the extra click to go to the profile to see like, is this a real person? Yeah. They just look at the comment and go, 
Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow, there's a lot of, I, you know what I mean? But I totally hear it. Well, on, on the note of um, public comments for me, and I'm all, I'm only one board member, I don't want to go past 30 minutes ever again. It's too much. I don't want meetings to go to 11, 30, 12, 30, 1, 30, yeah. 30 minutes. At and this point, I know. It is just insane. So when people say, well, you know, I want to speak, but I don't get off in time. Look, man, you got three to four weeks head notice when the next meeting is. You really want to speak? Take a half day off. Yeah. yeah. So that's my that's just my thought. Right. But let's right. go back to Derek what you're saying earlier about uh talking to people and I was thinking if you find out what's important to people first, then you could break the molds that they want to place us in. For example, they look at me and they go, here's what they see. 412, Tim Thompson, white Christian nationalist, on and on white bigoted racist. I'm like, all of it's false. Right. 412, I don't go there. Tim Thompson <laughs> definitely like him. He actually woke me up to to issues going on in school. Before I ran for um, school board, I literally didn't even know what a school board was. Me either. I had no clue. I'm like, what's that? Like <laughs> yeah. uh, governing school? I'm like, what, what do you mean, like governing? What what is that? Like what? I had to learn all this stuff. What what really got me is the moral issues, and that's how you find commonality. So when I had walkers walking with me when we campaigned, I had Democrats, Independents, and Republicans. A lot of people don't know that. I had Democrats saying, I do not want our kids exposed to this junk. Even though I, I have different kind of values than you, Joseph, on some levels, we all agree nothing, nothing hits the kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you break the mold when you start talking to people like they're like, oh, yeah, well, I do agree with that. Well, then, then what's the problem? You go to the moral issue, not the political one. People want to box us into these political categories. They're right. like, you're a Republican GOP white nationalist. I'm like, all right, first of all, I'm a Christian and I love my country, but I'm not a Christian nationalist. Do you know the difference? Most of them can't even tell me what it means. A Christian nationalist basically means that the nation was founded by Christians for Christians and that's it. Like almost like a theocracy. I'm like, no. A lot of the forefathers weren't Christians. Some of them were deists. Some of them were atheists. I know Thomas Jefferson was a mm-hmm. deist. A lot of people don't know what that means. It means he doesn't believe in a personal creator. So when I, when I step back, I'm like, you, you're putting me in these molds. There are these talking points, but you're not even talking to me rationally. You're, you're asserting everything at me. Exactly. You're not even asking me anything. But if I were to ask him a question like, hey, man, how's it going? Let me just start right there. Like, what do you do in your spare time? Oh, you like that? And then we can start slowly getting, and that's how you talk to people. Instead of blah, 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 blah. I can't tell you how many emails I get where it's absolute, the most heinous accusatory things. And I'm like, God, dude, they're all false. Yeah. Why don't you just talk to me like a normal human being? Right. Right. I really think, I really think it's. You know, like it's a dopamine rush. Anger is a dopamine rush, just like happiness is. Yeah. And to certain people that live a certain way that are unhappy in their lives and they find an enemy yeah. and have labeled and all their friends have labeled you as like the villain. Yeah. It feels good yeah, to yell easy. at somebody and to like just get all their anger out on somebody. Yeah. It's a dopamine hit. It's like them going through the phone. It's like dopamine, dopamine. And, and you know they eat probably eat junk food they're not like they don't, <laughs> they don't work out you know they don't have a family they don't have kids they everything for them is based off like the i always it's crazy right to think that like a lot of kids these days have grown up their whole life since a baby looking at a phone yeah, you know what? There's there's a phenomenon called doom scrolling. <laughs> we just I do it. Like, I know, me too. <laughs> and I've seen memes. I'm like, well, that's me. <laughs> and I'm getting high. Me so. too, me too. But there's yeah. another thing. Last night I mentioned Bill Asaley. He's he's the um, pretty much the the father of the AB 1314 language that came out of Chino with with the, the gender identity, the pronouns, the bathroom uses, um, uh, usage. That, that was the essence of the policy that Chino created. It was behind Bill Asaley. And what I said is, and, and I read off, um, you know, a statement by him because he called me a couple days ago. Hey, how can I help you? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, what do you think about this? 
And the reason on the day, as I said, is I'm all, and guess what? He's not a Christian nationalist. He's not even a Christian. He has a Muslim faith. But guess yeah. what? He's a parent. So what I did is I broke the mold all the way down Smart. to the parent level. And I'm yeah. like, what are you going to say now? And then yeah. I gave another analogous reasoning. I said, look, what if you had a trans family and you had a trans kid? You guys heard that, right? right. And I said, what if that trans kid eventually identified as a heterosexual? Don't you want to know? What are they going to say to that? Yeah. They can't. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, you don't want is, these parental rights in too? The, in the crowd, they don't even listen. When you start talking, because uh, we were sitting in the back. When you start talking, they just start talking over you in their own head. They're talking to them. It's like, it's, it's, it's frustrating because these people, they just want their own ideologies confirmed to them. They don't care what you have to say. They're not willing to listen or or they, they don't even want to compromise. Right. Like and, and I, I talk to people all the time like, hey, what about the curriculum that was passed? Right. Yeah. Like the curriculum was passed. Eventually, there was a it compromise was passed, there, too. Right. That, that was a compromise. Yeah. That's a big win for all of us. Yeah. But all of you are focused on. Yeah, but they weren't going to pass it originally. Let me ask you this, Dr. Mm -hmm. K. I feel like they keep talking about money and finances and mm -hmm. overspending. Do you have any retort to that at all? What What, what, what is what's your thought on that? It's hypocritical. I'll give you one. Uh, uh, complete wasteful spending from day one. People were hammering us uh, because we wanted Brenner as a lawyer. And then we just, what we did is we didn't have full faith and confidence in um, uh, Todd Robbins from Atkinson Law Firm. Mm -hmm. From the very first night that he came out and was giving us information on the Brown Act, I remember challenging him in the audience. And I thought, I, I forget exactly what it was about. It, it might have been social media and blocking somebody and I remember pushing back on him he didn't really have a strong enough retort I'm thinking that's our general legal that, that that's our dude and so now fast forward to a setup which I think was and I don't know for sure but Allison when she accused us of a brown act me Danny and Jen right there on the dais we're just sitting there like really that very night before the meeting was even over somebody the next day had filed a brown act on us before our meeting was even over and I'm like I mean I thought it was a setup when all that panned out the district spent at least $23,000. I know I'm the board president. I looked at all the lawyers. I asked them, Hey, how much do we spend? But then when you, when you push back on Allison saying, look, dude, um, you don't think you cost the district $23,000 by your accusations that right. were false completely, um, um, deflects. Yeah. Complete right. deflection. I'm like, this is a joke. So it goes both ways, but yeah, there is fiscal responsibility. There are things that, you know, might happen with a board that people disagree with. I get it. But when you're flippantly accusing us of a lawsuit and we're your board members and 23,000 goes down the drain, you lose all authority in your validity of your argument. It's, it's all gone after that. So yeah. it depends. I mean, I can understand we don't want wasteful spending, but we also don't want somebody saying that and then firing up lawsuits where hundreds of thousands of dollars is spent as well. I ask you this because, like, again, when, when I talk... I talk to people on the other side all the time. I think that we, we get a lot of hate for this podcast. We put out one episode and like, and, and it's so funny. People are like, oh, this is, this is garbage. It's like, dude, we, we put out one episode, you know, people are like, oh, you should change the name. It's not point blank truth. Listen, point blank truth is the title of our show. We put out one episode. We're biased. Obviously we, we, we have, <laughs> right? a, we have a side, right? Yeah. So like, yeah. obviously it's, it's going to be our side, but we're going to have people on the other side too. And, and there are people who understand that I believe because those people come and talk to us outside yeah. people from the other side come and talk to us. And, um, you know, like, like I hear these points and, and I, I don't understand their arguments. You know, I don't, I don't understand their, their talking points and they always talk about money, but I think you brought up a good point. I think that this, listen, like 
Oh, wait, if, look, okay. Wait. If you, if you, I was just want to touch yeah, on what yeah. you said, right? Is like, if you have an attorney that you're paying for that you don't have trust and confidence in, yeah. then you have every right to find an attorney that you do have trust and confidence in, especially now with what's going on. There's no way you could have predicted all these threats of lawsuits getting thrown at you, you know? And it goes back to like what I said earlier. I really think that your opposition is throwing lawsuits at you and then they're creating their own arguments for themselves. They're throwing lawsuits at you and then they're saying that you're spending money on attorneys. What else are you supposed to do? Well, listen, Nothing? listen to the absurdity of this. We have the union president accusing us of fiscal irresponsibility every once in a while, but then there's a lawsuit called May versus Kamrowski, and the TBEA union is in on it, and then he makes a statement about it. It's just like, oh, my God, you were literally in on the lawsuit coming against us. We hire a pro bono attorney. If we didn't, we would be paying law, all kinds of money with our own district council. We're trying to save money. You can't win no matter what you do. Right. And, and that's but, what it seems like. But it's absurd. Like. Yeah, that's what it seemed because even when you guys agreed on something and he's like, this is something I appreciate, I agree on. Yeah. And then it, it was like he gave a public comment on something he agreed on and he didn't even talk about the thing that was on the agendized item really. He used it to bash you yeah. guys again. It's like yeah. even they are showing the people who don't really know what's going on Oh, I don't know if I want to sign the recall because they just come at you guys all crazy. They 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 start personally attacking you, uh, Doctor K. I, I voted for you. Yeah. Uh, I'm in your district. Well, thank you, by the way. <laughs> and and yeah, and here's the thing: I, I wasn't involved with the school board with all the COVID stuff, and mm. and we covered that. We talked about that. Uh, Derek was there. I've talked to other parents who were there, and 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 just the position that parents were taking and how they were just they felt like they were just being brushed off, and they were told, you know what, you don't like it, go vote. I wasn't there for that, but here what here's what I was there for is in November, before we voted, my wife and I look at all of the people that are on our on the ballots, mm-hmm. and we look at their campaign mm-hmm. positions, and it was very clear. Everybody, all of our options, they were talking about their accomplishments and what they've done, their accomplishments and what they've done. And then you, you talked about your accomplishments, what you've done, and how you're going to stand on parents' rights. You don't believe in masking children. Mm -hmm. You don't believe in closing schools. And it was like, boom, this guy's going to win. You know why? Because all these other people were for the closings of schools. And now that all this information is coming out about how maybe that wasn't the best decision, maybe that was a little bit of a mistake, they can't posture on that. And you were able to. And what I appreciate about you is how everything that you've done is you are executing exactly what you promised on in, my your flyer campaign, and my in your website. campaign speech. Yeah. You're, you're doing everything that you said you were going to do. So I also kind of understand why maybe the opposition is mad about that because maybe they're not used to elected officials doing that because we never see that in our country anymore. That's very rare. This is just my position. My position is, hey, I don't want crazy spending either, you know, yeah. like, I would like to see other things, you know, like I went to back to school night today, you know, and like our band, like, you know, we have to like do our own fundraiser and stuff like that. But it's been like that for the past two years. Mm -hmm. That's nothing new. I look at what you're going through. I'm a cause and effect guy, right? It's like get to the root of the problem. You're saying that they're spending money on lawyers and not asking why. 
Why are they spending money on lawyers? Well, because their opposition keeps throwing lawsuits at them. How about you guys sit back and give them a chance to do their job effectively and let's see how it plays out. You haven't even been in the seat for a year and they're already talking about a recall, but you've already come out with that CRT resolution. You've already passed parents' rights. You're doing everything that you promised you were going to do. And I think that that is huge well and the thing with me is like when we're new to to politics and campaigning one of the things is how do you construct a campaign statement and run your website and some people were kind of neutral in the middle they didn't want to make too many waves and i'm like no, no i wanted to make the edge real clear because i don't want people to vote me in unless they know what i really want to do mm-hmm. and i want it to be very black and white no gray stuff like uh, you know uh, let me give you an example uh, better education for all fiscal responsibility get out of here we all agree on that give me an edge tell yeah. me what you really believe well it's nonpartisan. okay yeah we can all play that game but at the end of the day you have values just like me don't hide them right. i'm not hiding them i love god i love my country and i love my family i freaking hate mass if you want to if you want to have covid mandates get out of here yeah i mean just on and on and on i'm like okay and it, it turns out that i took out the president and I'm like overwhelming and it's funny you guys want to know something interesting I'm, I'm at church and then um, somebody comes up to me and she goes um, it was a family member of Adam Skumovitz and they said half the family's voting for you and I'm like oh thanks <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like I don't know the guy I'm not making fun I'm like wow so there was there was there was division in the family and I'm just like well okay thank you so for me I, I just believe you have to put your values very crystal clear to the people yep so that once you execute, like you're saying, nobody can say, well, he's doing something wrong. No, he's told you from the very beginning. It's it's on his same website. It's on his flyers mm-hmm. at hand up. Yeah. And then um, another thing that that was news to me yeah. that I learned at this last board meeting was where it seems like they're talking about a big part of the the um, teachers union. They were talking about like the lack of teachers, the big uh, job vacancies. Yeah. Right. I found it interesting that that was where they chose to go, considering that I think they said 200 and something open positions that they're struggling to fill. But again, how long has it been like was that? Was that CSCA? Was that Andrew Enriquez? I think so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So he's he's not he's more um, classified, not certificated. So he, um, his his argument might have been not necessarily teachers, but all the support staff. Yeah. Just okay. to let you know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, all, and all that. I'm yeah. Like, and he might not have said teachers, but again. <clears throat> He definitely made it seem yeah. like that, but he was saying that there are there the positions that are. But that's open. not yeah. our fault. As board members, we're like we don't even do negotiations or bargaining. Yeah. Literally, that's all done behind the scenes uh-huh. by our TBOSD executive committee, lawyers, HRD staff, CSCA, even even Edgar Diaz with TVA. All that stuff is done. Uh, all that stuff is done without a single board member knowing exactly what's going on. They just bring it to us for a vote, and that's and that's how they try to trick people too. Even with right. the with the money stuff, right? You could blow VA all day up there and like uh, <laughs> pitter patter with numbers, right? right. It's four hundred and twenty six thousand dollars per every thirty seconds, and like people are like, "Oh my gosh, they're spending," you know, because like the, the, the numbers get so high that it confuses people. Or yeah. goes. Well, I just heard them spending like $2 million and people go, $2 million? Yeah. And they break it down and then all this weird, well, technically $2 million because, yeah. you know, the, you know, this, this, and this and that. Because like all night last night, because I'm trying to hear their argument too. So when they come up and talk, because they have a different argument almost every school. I mean, brought up Angels in America. Yeah. The next week I was talking about social studies and no books. 
And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We never we never addressed the whole angels. In a, like, I want you yeah. to answer for that first. Yeah. And then, like, when it got to social studies, and I'm like, oh, we'll talk about that next board meeting. It was a completely different thing. It was about Jody. Yeah. Oh, they were mad that they, they so they got mad about CRT. Forget that. And they got ma- mad about firing Jody. So then I catch up to that. I'm trying to explain why that happened. By the time I'm going to explain that, it's under a whole other thing about finances. They they almost make the cycle so fast that nobody could catch up to what they're doing. Yeah. So when we keep trying to call them out on stuff. Yeah. Within two weeks, it's like they like, and then normal people would be like, "Angels in America, what's that?" And I'm like. That big play that yeah. I was at the school board. Yeah. By the time they've heard about it, whatever yeah. algorithm they're in, they're hearing about, like even when they protest, like the opposition, the whole sign that says, do you support teachers, honk? And so they get on these honks, right? And it's crazy because <laughs> they think they're like, like yeah, we're winning. And I, and I walked up because it was at the duck pond. It was just me and Slim by ourselves. And I'm like, I'm like, they're. I'm like, anybody would honk at a sign that says, do you support teachers? Yeah. Of course, I would honk at that. <laughs> there's no context yeah. behind it. Yeah. So all they do is push out platitudes. That's yeah. why That's why they like you, because you stand behind your convictions, yeah. and you're and, and it gives and them, it gives them they don't things hear, to push back. We're going to do yeah. fiscal responsibility. What's that mean? Well, you know, they don't know. But even if you chose to, even if you chose to stand on that, they would still find a reason to attack it's like you what people who are neutral saw last night is no matter what you Danny and Jen choose to do they're going to hate you they're going to find a reason to hate you guys and that is what's frustrating me that is what really is frustrating me because i think that the other day was a huge win you know the parental rights yeah. thing that that was huge you know we were you were talking about that a little bit Derek you know yeah. let's 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 go into that you know i I am trying to understand where this epidemic of parents who are abusive towards their transgender children are. I'm trying to understand where that is. Every And I appreciate all those students, all those young people who got up to spoke. Even yeah. though I don't agree with them, yeah. I think that that's huge. That, yeah. that takes so – to stand up there and speak in adults and know that there are people in the room that don't agree with you, yeah. that's huge and good on them. They should feel – like they can do that you yeah. know i think that that's a sign that our community isn't maybe as divided as they try to paint it right but here's the thing all of those students that stood up there they all seem to come from loving homes if they were brave enough to do it to go up there and talk they probably have super supportive and loving parents most parents are loving and supportive right and all of us parents or even uh, non-parents we would agree that if a parent's abusive yeah call child support services right it's a non-argument we call it a non-sequitur it's like look it doesn't even map on we agree with you yeah yeah Yeah. shove it in our face we're all on the same page here right and then they shoot themselves sorry they shoot themselves in the foot real quick with when they say and uh 80% 80% of homeless people are transgender. So you want to say, then CPS and the government's not really helping your case. <laughs> so why don't you want the parent? Like, yeah. So like they're, but go on, go on. Yeah. It's no, like, I mean, you, some of those stats, I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. I'm here on a school board meeting, man. <laughs> I don't know what's yeah. going on in the streets in the city. Some of that is like right. categorically. And we agree, uh, yeah. we agree with them. I always, I so funny. I think about all their positions <laughs> they have. Right. <laughs> and hypothetically, if, what they thought was really going on, I would be as upset as yeah. they are. Yeah. Hypothetically, if that's what was going on, yeah. I would be upset too. Yeah. It's like they 
uh, whether it be Trump or whatever, it's like, oh, if he really said that, yeah, I'd be yeah. upset. Like, I would not be wrong. I'm like, cool with that guy. Yeah, yeah. So all the stuff they say is like, hypothetically, if the kid came out and the parent beat him, it was like, yes, I would be like, that's yeah. horrible. The guy right. should be thrown under the prison. Yeah. Like, 100%. But they take the uh, small little yeah, sample they, size and yeah. they extrapolate yeah. it yeah. to yeah. whatever fits their narrative. But then, but then, but then yes. when, that's ha- when that happens to them, like the whole groomer and pedophile even though you can go on tiktok and there are teachers in our country on tiktok actively admitting to doing that and grooming students and there's proof of it here in california (laughs) yeah like our concern isn't just blindly being thrown but they get frustrated when they get lumped in with those people but then there they are lumping me as a dad as abusive and hateful and they think that they should be the safe space well okay this boils down to me we're, we're, um, there's something I wanted to say is if we realize people are talking past each other, especially in the district office, is there any point to engaging them in rational dialogue? And part of the argument is, is that when you're a board member, sometimes you just don't even, ha- yeah, sometimes you don't even have to talk. You could just vote because yeah. at the end of the day, people just want to say what they vote on. Notice they're not saying, dude, did you hear that 35th speaker? Oh my yeah. God. They're just like, <laughs> they're like, what did the vote come out to be? That's all they want to know. Yeah. And so part of me is like, I'm trying to reason with my other board members and sometimes it just doesn't matter. Like, yeah. of, of course, me, Danny and Jen, we have the same set of values. Sometimes me, Allison and Steve have the same set of values. It depends on what we're voting on. But but I find most office most often that Allison and Steve, they're not listening to us and we're not listening to them. Yeah. There might be subtle nuances like, okay, I agree with that. But at the end of the day, on the big voting issues, they're not listening. So one of two options now that's starting to crystallize for me is do I even have to say a word? Yeah. Here I you see. go. Let's just take it to vote. Well, are, are you going to answer my question? No, yeah. this is an interrogation. Thank you, though. <laughs> just, yeah. just sit there. Yeah. Because I wonder, like, when you talk for like 45 minutes at the end of the day, was anybody truly listening? on the board so then it's like if i talk i'm talking to the audience or the people online and that's why i'm doing what yeah. i do yeah so when i draft those moral arguments it's really for people that might not be there right because at the end of the day on the dais trying to persuade they're like this yeah yeah, yeah they're not gonna listen no. but but good on you for putting in the work <clears throat> on that because a lot of people do watch you're right you should be reaching out the school board's not yeah they're not gonna change your mind so the people are out there. They're just not coming to the school boards or they're showing up at four and not getting the ticket. And some of them don't want controversy at all. And they're, they're God-loving patriots that are like, look, I don't even want any stress. I'm not in yeah, any politics even, at all. I completely get, get it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, that's a lot of people. Yeah. So, yeah. Because they get doxxed. Yeah. You don't want to get doxxed. You don't yeah. want to lose your job. Like, uh, duh. So I was you know, talking, like, another thing, yeah. I was talking to my wife, right? And, and she, brought up, she brought up a good point that I was like, wait, I, I, I didn't even think about that. So, because um, Allison brought it up, right? And there's a clause that protects the counselors because the counselors are protected by HIPAA laws, correct? Yeah. If, if a student were to go to a counselor and tell the counselor this stuff, HIPAA protects that counselor from telling anything. But there's a, there's a distinction because Allison raised it on the dais and I read from the rationale, um, uh, kids 12 and under they fall into a different category than kids 12 and over. Kids 12 and over can have secrecy with counselors. Kids right. 12 and under can't. Something like that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. So, yeah. so, so, but here's my point on that. Then their argument of children needing safe spaces, that is, they do have safe spaces with the counselors. Yeah. They can still go to the counselor and tell the counselor what's going on 12 and up. 
and still have that that form of like trust oh i can i can unload this on the counselor and like maybe the counselor can help yeah. me walk this through and nobody's going to tell my parents so th- so that that argument is flawed completely and and watch this if they wanted a safe space with a counselor that same kid would let it's empowerment they would want their teachers to know their peers to know but then they'll they'll go to talk to a counselor and guess who's cut out the wedge is with the parent and then they'll, 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 there'll be this argument. Well, the last person they want to come out to is the parent. Like, get out of here. They're coming out to all their peers, the teacher and the counselor and the parent. There's something seriously yeah, wrong yeah, with there it. there is something. So wrong. I don't buy yeah, any of it. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the, the kids, when they say, you know, you're ousting the kids. No, no, no. That, that's polarizing language. They want to hook us on it so that mm-hmm. it's like it's like baiting us to just say, no, no, no. The, that kid publicly confessed what the kid wants. Yeah, yeah. There's no uh, there's no outing going on. You can't have it both ways where they where they publicly confess. But then they say, if, if I have to say that to my mom or dad, I'm out. I'm getting ousted. Get out of yeah, here. Right. Yeah, because if yeah. they're that terrified of their parents finding out. They wouldn't go be putting right. it on social media, t- like you said, right. telling the friends, telling if they're that terrified of like, hey, if this gets out, my dad's gonna like kill me. And, and you know? but, totally. but but also and, and maybe right. maybe there maybe there are kids who feel that way, right? But I I feel like that is fear mongering happening to them within their group. I feel like that is you know because I'm sure there are there are plenty of kids who feel transgender or or part of the LGBTQ community and they're uncertain about what's going on. They're having this, this identity crisis in their head and especially teenagers, a teenager. I didn't get along with my parents at all. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean that your dad's going to abuse you or not confirm you or whatever. The parents deserve to be involved in the process. And this policy, they kept bringing up numbers, 30 to 50% of transgenders commit suicide. My wife pulled it up. She said, you Google it. It's the first thing that comes up. It's a 2016 poll, number one. And number two, it's not very specific. And also my point is this whole now you have to involve the parents thing is new, right? So if suicide is an issue, shouldn't something change? What is the likelihood of parents being involved that now these numbers will drop? Nobody knows. It's uncharted territory. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but if that's really your concern, then maybe you should be more open to this concept to, to, to make the claim that it's the parents that are the problem and why these kids are committing suicide to me the fact that we now see that there are teachers who are getting this information and not telling parents if that wasn't happening maybe that's what needs to change to drop the suicide rate right. you know and, and there's right. so many variables on the suicide yeah. rate they leave it blank like they don't take into account that you can't prove it's because they per, you know say they came out to the parents you can't right. prove that Oh, did they commit suicide after they started hormones for a couple of years? Because that makes a huge difference. Uh, you just yeah. can't go on estrogen and hormones at age no. 12. And then if you kill yourself at 15, go, it's parents' fault. You can't right. mess with the kids' you don't know. Was it drugs? Was it mental illness? Like, there's so Were they many ostracized f- by their own peers at the, the high the school social, who they thought yes, would love them? Right? Exactly. And then they turn. We don't know. Yeah. Exactly. There's a lot. Yeah. And there's something to be said for the dis-ease. I, I feel bad for, like for the p- transgenders and stuff yeah. like I feel like it is a mental like just like bipolar there's some type of mental thing going on where it's a disease where they don't feel at home in their body yeah. but that does not and the hard truth is like there's a lot of kids that get abused and bad things happen yeah. that we can't control everything and 
and there's no evidence that it's based all off transgender, gay. They go off stuff from like the. It feels like they always bring up stuff with like gay rights from like. They'll tell me a story, and I'm like, geez, that happened last week in a city? No, 1940. I'm like, like, it's 2023. We're not doing that anymore. Like, it's crazy. But the parental rights, yeah, the the parents have to be involved. Just like, it's the same thing as if a 12-year-old wanted to go on steroids because they wanted to be a better football player. Would you not let the parents (laughs) Yeah, would you not tell the parents? Yeah. No, that's interesting. What about the woman who gets pregnant and has to come home to the dad? They call it a shotgun wedding. Why do they call it a shotgun wedding? Because a father wants to freaking kill the guy that got the daughter pregnant. Does that mean that he's going to, like, send her out? No, he loves his daughter. He's like, how can we make this shit work? Johnny's an idiot. He's a a little douchebag. But you know what? If he gets on board, I don't know, maybe if you marry. I mean, things work out. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. what are we going to do? Like say, hey, no, no, no. Um, we'll, we'll use the we'll use the trans stats. They're afraid um, to come out to their parents because they might get killed. Like like I said, think about all the pregnant daughters, man. Yeah. It, it, it's the same thing. Yeah. But, um, but the dads are the first to be like, it takes a little bit of adjusting to it. And they're like, I for love sure. you. For sure. That's my grandchild. What can we do to make it work? I'm just saying. There, I yeah. mean, yeah, it's, you know, either way, I think it's a huge win. I think a lot of parents are are comforted by this policy that was passed well let me let me give you another okay so you talk about a huge win talk about a litmus test one to two days later today there's um there's a pe teacher at one of the schools a girl who identified as a girl last year now identifies as a boy and goes into the boys locker room the teacher's like i don't i don't i don't i don't know what to do with this Mm -hmm. and so i got an email and i'll I'll protect their identity but um he was asking me you know is this covered under the parental rights and i just want to read this to you It, it is literally two days after we pass our policy it's still being fleshed out this is a board policy, and then there's something called administrative regulations. It's how it's implemented. That's still being worked out. Mm-hmm. So in real time, today, there's a case, and I read this off to the um, to the teacher, page 2B. It says, assessing sex-segregated school programs and activities, including athletic teams and competitions, or using bathroom or changing facilities that do not align with the student's biological sex or gender listed on the birth certificate or other official records. I said, no, 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 this is literally covered on what we just voted in. But then the teacher doesn't want to go to the site admin because he doesn't trust him mm. or doesn't trust the union. So look at that dilemma. But we yeah. have a litmus test now where the teacher is protected. And that's what that's what we didn't really emphasize enough on the dais. It's not just the parents, the teachers. Some of them are scared to death. They don't know what to do with this kind right. of stuff. Oh and yeah. And what what that girl is going to put herself into a position of is getting bullied by. I mean, identifying as a boy in the bathroom or getting raped. I mean, something's going to go sideways. And that's why we need the parental rights because the parents got to get involved. The district's got to get involved. Right. So real time, um, Derek and um, Danny, it, it's playing out as we speak. A lawsuit's coming. Right. It's coming to districts. It's only a matter of time. We right. just had our first, if, if you guys don't know this, we just had our first prom queen that was a biological boy last year at Temecula yeah. Valley High School. Uh-huh. Uh, I heard now imagine the prom queen, the boy that's, that identifies as a girl, goes into a bathroom. And I'm not saying that he has that motivational attitude, but that's all it takes is a rape case or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And there'll be there'll be lawsuit one on one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what yeah. people aren't recognizing is that we're not accusing these people of being, you know, uh, predators. But if a predator did want to get access to kids, this is the perfect group to jump into and infiltrate. Well, and, and how people don't see that. Right. 
Well, check our- this out. <laughs> so now let's say, like, let's say middle school, dude. I was a totally a, a troublemaker in middle school. Now let's say a boy like runs into the girl's bathroom and like peeks, like looks under the stall, and then they, like yelling, they kick him out. What if he identifies as a girl? Mm-hmm. Then what are you gonna do? It's it's crazy. Yeah. But look, watch how slick this is. So I could say that I'm maintaining fiscal responsibility by voting in this policy to avoid future lawsuits. Right. Right. Yeah. They don't want to hear that. Yeah. No, they yeah. don't. They don't. Because well, they're because coming. It, yeah, yeah, of Look course. Look at what happened at Martin Luther King. Uh, it was either middle school or high school. I think the same thing happened where a boy identified as a girl went into the bathroom. There was all-out brawls. Did you guys see that on the news? Uh, it was, was months that in ago. Riverside? Yes. Yeah, I Brawl. saw that. And I was like, these these girls were fighting hard. And I'm like, you don't think that is coming if we don't have policies in place? It oh, is. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I think I was watching that video, and yeah. uh, I was waiting for a guy to jump in to protect the girls that were getting beat up by the transgender. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, I think one guy jumped in yeah. and just hit the, hit the him, her, whatever, once, and they fell down. But... The fact that like the rest of the school is watching this guy beat up these chicks after he went into their locker room. It's crazy. But yeah, I th- I saw that too, and I'm like, yeah, that's a coming. <laughs> that that's because yeah, I mean, weird. only take because right. even the high school kids, I think, like the kids I'm running into, like high school, like football player, wrestler, guy, like they're getting sick of it. Well, and, and you guys know something too. Ed code um, protects. A, a biological boy identifying as a as a female playing in sports, I'm pretty sure Ed Code protects that, so we can't stop it from happening. But once it happens, if I was a girl, I I, I would leave the team. I'd be like, mm-hmm. that's it. But now now you're taking our hard work and dedication and excellence here on the field, and you're going to strip it all because a biological boy will annihilate us. That's oh. what's coming too. And then yeah. what are you going to do with that? Well, it happened in my home state in Connecticut, and it's very unfortunate where uh, those two track runners. They, they like annihilated all of the <laughs> all of the records, all of the women's running records and stuff in the state. And uh, they, they and there was an interview of the a biological girl who had to race against them who like came in third every time. And yeah. she came in third like, bro, they smoked everybody. Well, it's, it's so funny that they say like for them, it's always men joining women's leagues and they always say, well, the the man's on estrogen and you know he's becoming a woman it's that he he doesn't have an advantage you know he's on estrogen he's like it's funny that i don't ever see any women transitioning to men's leagues at all yeah at all ever see that (laughs) but 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 according to them they should be able to though because they're saying a they man can get feminized to, they they enough to be a know. female. But I think that, I know that's, proof, whole, I mean, that's proof whole, in, their, in, in, their, in their acknowledgement of the difference, you know? Well, and it brings it, it the, the, this this joke, it's a meme. I, I actually think it's real, though, but it's a meme. It's basically the number of testicular injuries amongst women have spiked through like 5,000% <laughs> in the last yeah, year. Yeah. It's like, hey, dude, it's, so it's not going the opposite it's way. I know. It's true. So... I'm a fan of of the parental rights yeah. bill. I think I think a, a lot of parents who did vote for you. And and you know another thing real quick on this thing is because I've met a couple people who who say, hey, I voted for him, but oh, the money's the big thing, and this and that, and their election of duty and whatever mm-hmm. their whatever mm-hmm. their arguments are, right? I asked them, all right, so where do you stand about the parents' rights? And every time, this happens every time. Whoa, whoa, but hold on, hold on. It's like they don't want to talk about it because they know they support it. They know they support it. They know that this is this is just keeping parents in the loop and involved, you know? I, I think it's unfortunate what's happening in our community where I think that your opposition is 
telling teachers that they're being alienated and you're here, you're in the position you're in because parents felt like they were being kept out of the decisions that they shouldn't be kept out of. And it's like, what's next, Dr. K? We got the CRT resolution in. We got the the parent rights down. Obviously, you guys are going to have to deal with these lawsuits, whether Mm -hmm. they come in or not. They said that we hadn't been served yet with the lawsuit about the CRT. I, I don't know where we're at there. I know you probably can't talk about it, but as the president of the school board, is there a direction that you want to start taking things to kind of bridge the gap here? Yeah, and this is a more practical issue. People forget too, I'm a professor, I'm an educator. Um, no, None of the other board members are, not to their detriment or anything, but I think like an educator. Uh, one of the things that, you know, going back to the curriculum, some people were like, oh, my God, you caved, bro. You listen to the news. Uh, you know, you listen to the governor. I'm like, it had not. And I told you this before. It had nothing to do with the governor. I'm an educator. The kids have to have curriculum. If we actually voted TCI out, <laughs> they would have been like, right on. You didn't cave. They would have been like, we have no curriculum. One through five, like one through fifth grade. There is nothing. We would have looked like jackasses. We had to have something. So I'm like, you guys aren't an educator. Even if you're not an educator, you have to realize we have to give curriculum. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, we could screw it to the man and go. And then everybody goes, yay. And then we get literally recalled because we have no curriculum. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a right. point where people got to wake up. So I'm practical about that. So one of the things with me is we, we don't have a vision statement. And as five board members, it's something like, look, man, me, Steve, Allison, Danny, and Jim, we can get all get on board. One of the concepts that I want to talk about is what do we want from our kids when they graduate um, Temecula and they go on? I want leadership. So I actually want that inside of a mission statement somehow. I want them to be leaders, citizens, civic responsibility, not global, because I don't care about the rest of the world as much as I do the United States because we're a sovereign nation. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think of things like practically, where are we going in the future with our kids? And that's not political. It's like, geez, we all, we all should have a vision statement. Um, all, I mean, all schools should. So I would say um, we do normal governing board activities, the boring stuff. We have to look at budgets. We have to look at skids. Uh, Just talking uh, to Mike a little bit. More. Yeah, excellence um, in education. Their scores. Uh, I ready is a good indicator of where we're at with that. It's a metric that we can look at. So there's a lot of practical stuff. Where we go generally, just that, normal day stuff. Mm-hmm. Watching kids have fun, flourish, growing, playing sports, being educated. I visited so many schools. In the last week, I visited 11. Uh-huh. And I can't tell you how mind-blown I am. So just, just the average patriot on the street that may be like, I'm pulling my kids out. These schools suck. No, there's a lot of excellent stuff in Temecula. I'm telling you, I've witnessed it. I like really good stuff. And I teach, I teach logic, critical thinking, ethics, and I'm very academic when I do it. I'm walking into some of the high schools getting blown away like, dude, I'm really? going to use this guy's teaching stuff. Yeah, very academic stuff. So that's the good news. But I would say other than that, problems that creep up, parents got to speak up. Let us know. Because I'm and, and I, you know, I read from a book that I thought was inappropriate. Then a lot of parents started waking up. That's all it takes. Hey, I was in a classroom. This is what I saw. I'm concerned. Send emails. Tag me on them. Then we can, you know, move. So just normal day to day stuff is just practical. But if anything comes up that's crazy, just gotta let me know. Yeah, yeah. But I'm only one dude. I'm only one board member. Right. We got four other. It's like herding cats. Yeah. I don't even know. It's like worse than herding cats. I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> but I bet. Yeah. I bet. Yeah, you guys are all in a tough position. I mean, you obviously got, yeah, like you said, Steve and uh, Allison, not your friends. And then, I mean, and you guys are all new. All the new three, all three of you guys are all new, jumping into a job where the higher-ups want you to fail. 
Yeah. And like all the propaganda against you from the beginning. Yeah, well, from okay. the beginning, it's like you were you you were going up against a stack deck regardless, you know? Yeah. As soon as you were sworn in, you must have known that there was a recall coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, what I wanted to say is, what took you so long? But I don't want to seem prideful. I'm like, dude, I thought you guys were doing it in the first month. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is, too, there's another practical level. And I learned this in Washington. When we went there um, with Steve Campos, we we're all hanging out, a bunch of school board members. There was, a, there was an assembly guy. I forget his name. Him and his wife, they're fully loaded with money, well off. They're literally right next to the Capitol in a house. They bring assembly people that are Democrats that completely hate them politically. They bring in people that they completely disagree with for family dinner. They're like, oh, my God, my son's taught by your best friend, blah, blah, blah. And they find commonality completely outside of politics. So that's one thing I tell people is, look, I might disagree with people, but me and Steve, we literally love soccer a lot. And we want to go to soccer games together, like on the high schools. There's nothing wrong with that. But then people are like, oh, my God, how could you? Because he's a human being like me, dude, and he yeah. loves soccer. It's not yeah. all like... It's not like I hate these people. It's right. just that we disagree on disagree. certain moral issues in politics. It's fine. But at the end of the day, there's commonality. But I think if the community kind of understood that more, I think I think it's unfortunate that every time the community gets to see you guys together, it seems so divisive. Yeah. And, and people feel like they have to pick sides because I say this all the time. Look, at the end of the day, it's more important that I can disagree with my next door neighbor and still break bread with them. Totally. You know, that's the most important thing. This divisive stuff that's going on in our community, yeah. I'm not I'm not for this. Part of it's the noise in the district office. When I walk around, people they, they might not know who I am, but if we start talking and, and they're like, Oh yeah, and then and if they find out I'm a school board member or whatever that it's not so like oh my god you know it's not so polarizing yeah. it's just in the district office and what i want to say about that is there's a little bubble going on i don't think a lot of people in temecula actually care I, it's a sad reality right yeah. you think like, oh, no no everybody cares no, no no most people don't care yeah there's a bubble going on in that district office on on warring factions and i'm all at the end of the day my, my neighbor i'm like hey how's it going and you know most people have no idea what's going on and i'm like I, I, god i wish i was like them yeah <laughs> so like a forest gum dude no no seriously they, yeah, they just no, want to live a me, normal like, life I, I, me yeah. too I'll, they always yeah. say like once you've kind of woken up to things you can't go back to right. sleep yeah i always compare it to like if you found out like you know you find out your dad's a serial killer be like oh my god can we just go back i don't want to think like right. this is too extreme but right. like once you know you know Right. And yeah. you're so right, though. You're so right on like being, on getting to know people. What a, what an experiment it would be to like go meet people and talk to them, and you cannot talk about politics or ra any. You can't talk about politics at all. It only has to be about hobbies, where you grew up, what yeah. your favorite thing to do is, talk about family, what you do for a job, yeah. for an hour straight, yeah, and yeah. get to know each other. Yeah. Or, or go to a barbecue together or something and right. then have a I, and I guarantee you then if you had a discussion about even if it was political you find guarantee you guys would have common yeah. it would be not totally this. yeah so let's close it out what what what's the message that you got for Temecula parents Temecula residents what do you have for people who are getting this recall slip and they don't really know where they stand on the topic what do you got for them what do you got to tell them okay so what I would say is it's not about me and any politician, any elected official that thinks about them. They're not a public. They're not being a public servant. So I literally serve. And it's something I gave. Um, it's something I gave on an interview today uh, or yesterday. And I'll, and I'll just read it. 
to defend parental rights. Last night I kept that promise and I will always advocate that parents are the cornerstone of education. Parents are the heroes in all this and I'm just an elected servant that heard their many voices and stood up for them and their kids. So that I literally meant that. I mean, my son is not even in the public schools. We're homeschooling him. He could be in the public schools, but it's not about me. It's about the people that I represent, the thousands of parents. So I'm their voice. Some of them are terrified to go in public. No, no, no problem. I'll do it for you. Mm-hmm. That's right. what I told them. I'll take all the bullets. I'll take all the stones. They're tearing apart my family, trying to tear apart my marriage. People are trying to say that I'm, is he actually a U.S. citizen? <laughs> Because I, I was born a German citizen. I came over with German passports, me and my mom. She's full German. My whole side of the family on my mom's side, they're full German, right? And I'm like, how would I have served in the United States military? Yeah. How would I get past that? Right. So I'm just saying, and did he even defend his dissertation? Like, it's public. And and the person asking this is a lawyer. It, it's all just games. But I guess what I'm getting at is the attacks are so severe. They come after my dissertation, come after I knew all that going in. And I was trained as a ranger. That's my training. I'm like, look, I'll do it all for you. I don't know why. God called me to do this. I'm serving God. But like, but let me go on with this. And I say, um, our schools, teachers, unions, county, state, or country do not own our kids. We, the parents, do. And it's our God-given right. To that end, we, the parents, both parents and patriots of this country, have risen and will fight to protect our kids in schools at all costs. But here's the, here's the really important part. Quite frankly, it's not just our school district that should be passing parental rights notification policies, but it's all school districts across the state, country, and in the, in the entire world. Those moral arguments that I made last night, they could work 500 years ago, 500 years in the future, any state, any county, anywhere in the world. It's all about the parents trying to protect their kids and getting a good education at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about California. I hope this is a firestorm throughout the whole world. And in, and in that sense, you know, let it, this is a call to action that the parents have to stand together in solidarity regarding this issue. Literally, Danny and Derek, the parents have to get up. If they didn't get up, even if I was elected, we'd fizzle out. Yeah. We wouldn't have support and we wouldn't get anything you know, done. But since we have the votes now, I'm going to continue to fight on for my conservative values. Like I, like I said to you, and some people get triggered. I love God. I love country. I love family. I'm a God-fearing patriot. I'm going to I'm going to keep on going until people pull me out of office. Or God says you got to step down now, you're done. That's it. If the parents want me to do something, they just got to talk to me. Or if they want to share their values, even that people that hate me just communicate. I've heard your voice. And sometimes, by the way, even people I disagree with, I'm like that's a, actually actually a good point. Yeah. 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 Well, so I listen. We appreciate you, man, and uh I'm in this fight with you. I'm charging the hill and it is what it is, you know. Um, we yeah. stand on our morals and our yeah, values. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I, I just on kind of our first time meeting and talking, but I've always wanted to say thank you for taking the arrows because I can't only imagine what you guys have been going through. I yeah. mean, it's not fun. It I mean, yeah, it's hard, yeah. and it's like nobody how draining it. it must be at night, and yeah. the fear, and just uh, these people are ruthless. But even when I talk to people and they kind of ask me why I'm doing it too, it's like somebody's got to do it. Yeah. And it's supposed to be the men of the, it's supposed to be the men of the society are supposed totally. to take the stand. I mean, that's kind of our job. It's just the last what, you know, 60 years we've ever had yeah. any uh on our own soil, I guess you could yeah, say, yeah. you know, where it's actually like do I do I actually have to get up off the couch and actually actually yeah. go do something? I mean, totally. And well, you know, no and, and you could always justify that you don't have to. 
Yeah. But when they cross the line with the kids, especially yeah, with at mama bears. Point, at a certain I, point, you got to stand up. Well, I well, saw like in the movie Sparta, you know, when he kicks that guy in the well. Oh, yeah. He remember kind of he looked back at his wife first. And his wife was the one that like kind of gave the nod to like take care of him. <laughs> That's fascinating. You know what I mean? So it's like it is the mama bears that are the ones that are like outspoken, and then our job as men and fathers supposed to be like, all right, we'll handle it from here. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like they kind of give us like, all right, let us off the leash, but yeah. we don't get off the leash until you really made the wife <laughs> or the girlfriend yeah. upset. Well, That's funny. So there's a comical side to it when I'm taking arrows. I got a warped sense of humor, so I can look back and laugh and be like, "Hey, man, some some people are freaks. Some people are really friendly. <laughs> you just kind of bob and weave." But I really want to say thank you, um, Danny and Derek, for having me on, and thank you to all the patriots that are in Temecula, that are in the state, that are in the country watching. This is infectious. When you get a man that stands, a real man that stands up, cur- and, and other people say that, uh, see that display of courage, it's infectious. They want to do the same thing. That's what's happening right now. Yeah, it yeah. just takes men to stand up, and That's you're it. one of them. Yeah. Both of you. Thank yeah, you. yeah, yeah it, is, it is. It is. It is contagious. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because all you gotta do is the first step is just show up, yeah. and then after that, you like you don't have to go there and speak or do anything. They say like half a life is just showing up. Yeah. Like yeah. the old saying, and people. Yeah. Are, so, yeah, thank you, thank yeah, you for everything welcome. you've done. Yeah, yeah keep yeah. it going. Yeah. Okay. We, we ain't going it. nowhere. Yeah. Let's we'll see how long I last with we'll the lawsuit <laughs> coming every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We'll see yeah. you at the next board meeting yeah, for sure. Totally. All, all right, right, guys. All thanks right. for tuning in. We'll yeah. catch you later. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yeah, it was cool.